Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. Good morning, Epic Church. It is so good to be with you. I always love being with your community. Being among friends warms my heart, and I love you all so much, and it's such an honor to be here. I'm really excited to be jumping in on this series, Practicing the way. I've had the chance to watch some of the sermons, look at some of the resources, and this series has been fire. It's been so good. I've learned a ton, and I hope you guys have too, and I hope you've been diving in and engaging with this deeply. Today, I get to wrap up your series, and I'm going to be talking about the practice of discernment. When Pastor Ben actually invited me to speak on this topic, I I really didn't have a clue that it was going to be so pertinent to my life. We had this discussion earlier this year, and over the last few months, my husband and I have been going through some pretty massive changes and have really been diving into what does it mean to discern God's will for your life? Like, how do you make big decisions? How do you decide where you're going to live or what your career is going to be or maybe who you're going to marry? These are the kinds of decisions that we need discernment for. We've needed it this summer. We've been on a journey of moving. We still live here in San Francisco, but we moved to a totally different part of the city and bought a home. And we have a little bit of a miracle story that I'm going to unpack today. And I'm going to walk you through a framework of what does it mean to do this practice of discernment, like how do you like nuts and bolts do that when you have a big decision? I'm going to walk through that with you. But before that, I want to touch on two really foundational and important things. And we're going to start by launching off from our scripture this morning. So we're actually going to read Romans 12 verse 2, which I know is the scripture that you guys started the series with. And I think it's going to really help us move into what I feel like God has for us this morning. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, you've been unpacking the scripture this summer, and you've been talking a lot about formation. And I love here the scriptures talking about how we become like Jesus. I know that you've touched on that we as believers, we as Christ followers, don't want to be formed by the world around us and culture around us. We don't want to be formed even necessarily maybe by our family of origin or our history or just what comes naturally to us. We want to be intentional about the kind of people that we're becoming. 
And Paul says here that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. You've been diving into the different practices. You've been looking at prayer and silence and solitude and worship and the word and hospitality and all these really important ways that we actually allow God to form us. But this morning, I wanna actually focus on the second part of the scripture because there's a promise here. There's a promise. It says, if you are transformed, if your mind is renewed, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Epic Church, I wanna suggest this morning that a transformed person is a discerning person. That as we dive into these practices and as we embrace them consistently, discernment will come about in our life. We will be formed to be like Jesus. And as Ruth Haley Barton, author and pastor says, she says, that discernment is a natural byproduct of spiritual transformation. That if actually we engage in this process, if we say yes to these practices and we build our life around truth and we do them consistently again and again, we become transformed. And in that process of being a transformed person, we become sensitive to the spirit of God. We become aware of God's work in our life. We set in motion this posture of looking for God in our lives, looking for the activity of the Holy Spirit. I wonder if I asked you today, how has God been moving in your life? It's possible that you might pinpoint that massive prayer request that you had and how God answered it or some kind of mind-blowing prophetic word or big move in your life, big circumstance change. But I wonder if I said, how has God been moving in your life today? What are like the little movements, the way that the Holy Spirit is actively speaking to you and nudging you? I wonder if you would know what to say. I really believe that if we are going to be discerning people, we need to be transformed people engaging with these practices. But friends, it's not enough to just say, well, I've been doing some practices, so hey, I'm discerning. We have to be intentional about pursuing discernment, positioning ourselves regularly at the feet of Jesus and saying, God, what are you doing? So the second thing that I want to suggest today Epic Church, is that a transformed person cultivates a lifestyle of discernment. That we we do these practices and we become more attuned to the work of the Spirit in our lives, but we go after it. We're intentional. We say, I want to hear God's voice. I want to see Him move. I want to discern God's will. Don't we all want to know God's will for our life? I mean, especially right now, with COVID and lockdown and the season that we find ourselves in, I think if I asked you this morning, does anybody feel like they could use a dose of knowing God's will for their life? I think all of us would raise our hand. We need to cultivate a lifestyle of discernment. The church has a long history of cultivating this kind of spiritual practice of discernment. You might be familiar with St. Ignatius. He was a Spanish priest and theologian in the 1500s, and he actually created something called the examine. And the examine is a tool that Christians throughout history have used as a way of reflecting, as a way of daily growing in awareness of the activity of God in our life. 
It's interesting actually that when he created this exam and many of the priests came to him and they said, gosh, this is great, but we have, we have so many prayers and so many things that we need to do. And St. Ignatius actually said, drop all of them, but the exam in. Because it is so important that we become attuned to the work of God in our lives, that we're aware of the Spirit. All of the other things, if you need to stop them, that's fine, but don't stop this practice of reflection. The examine is where we take a period of time and we sit back and we reflect on our day. St. Ignatius would refer to things called desolation and consolation. He would talk about reflecting on and identifying places of pain, loneliness, disconnection. That was the desolation. He would encourage people to sit with those, to observe those, to become aware of how God may be speaking even through those moments. He encouraged people to look at consolation, times when they felt alive, times when they felt God's presence, things they were grateful for, to identify them. It was often a practice that people will do at the end of a day. These are the kinds of rhythms that we need as Christians. And whether it's the examine or whether it's becoming aware of our body, or whether it's something else in your day, some kind of rhythm that says, as a transformed person, I'm a discerning person, but I need to cultivate that in my life. How are you cultivating discernment in your life? You know, one of the things I've noticed over the years in ministry, people will come to me and they'll say, oh my gosh, I have this really big decision to make and I just can't hear God. And they'll say, well, what does your, your daily practice of paying attention to God look like? Well, I don't know, but I have this big decision and I'm like, hang on. <laughs> what does your daily practice look like? How have you cultivated awareness? Well, I don't know, like I pray and I wait for like a minute and I don't hear anything. <laughs> and I wanna say, you know what? The best way you can position yourself to make good decisions is to cultivate this as a lifestyle not as a moment of discernment, but a lifestyle of discernment. Because I think that so many of us get to those big moments and we freeze. We're like, I don't know, I can't hear God because we haven't familiarized ourselves with his voice. We don't know what he feels like. We're not familiar with how to look at our day and our week and our month and pinpoint where we've seen the activity of God. So I wanna encourage you, Epic Church, today that as you embrace these practices, yes, you're becoming discerning, but we need to cultivate this lifestyle because one day there's gonna be a decision and maybe you're already there, maybe you're already facing that in your life, a relationship decision, a career decision, a financial decision, maybe a decision about where you live. That's what me and my husband face this year. And you're gonna to wanna to lean into being aware of how the Holy Spirit works in your life. This February, I went down to Long Beach and I met up with some friends of ours. They're uh, good friends, good mentors. They've spoken into our life. And as I got chatting with them, I realized what was coming up was really my desolation, as St. Ignatius would call it. It was regarding our housing and where we lived and the changes in our neighborhood and the fact that my boys are getting massive and literally bouncing off the walls of my apartment. And I was sad and frustrated because I know that we needed more space, but... I didn't know what to do. And they listened to me share 
and then they prayed over me and then they gave me a really direct prophetic word about this possibility of moving house. And what was interesting to me was as they spoke that word, it was so confirming because God had already been laying like a little breadcrumb trail for us. Conversations, memories, ideas, things that he'd been stirring. We had been aware to a move of God, but we couldn't name it. And that's the beauty of the prophetic. Like when someone comes in with just a word and says, I just sense God saying for you, it often confirms what God's already been doing. And what struck me through this whole, this whole summer, walking with the Lord on this journey that we've been on, is that God was actively setting us up for this move. He was already doing stuff behind the scenes. He'd already been speaking to us about it before we could even name what it was. And friends, I know that so many of us are, are anxious that we're gonna miss God. We're like, what if, what if I make the wrong decision? What if I, what if I don't, don't pay attention hard enough? Like, what if I, just, what if I miss it? What if I, I do something wrong? And friends, I want to encourage you that God is in the details of our life long before we even know it. And that he is more capable of leading us than we are getting lost. Like, I really believe that. And I know that seems crazy because we're so fixated on this one path and doing it perfect. But let me tell you, God is in the details of your life. And you know what it says in Psalm 23? He's a good shepherd. That means he leads us. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't wait for us to figure it out, but he leads us. So I went home from this trip and started talking to my husband about this possibility of moving. And it was a big deal for us. We have been planted in San Francisco for more than 20 years and in this particular neighborhood for 14 years. And we had deep friendships, relationships, history. And for us to up and move, especially out further out, near where we felt like God was taking us, that was a big thing for us to decide. And we had to engage in this intentional process of discernment. And that's the number three foundational concept I want to leave with you, Epic Church, is that a transformed person practices an intentional process of discernment. That when you're facing a big decision, that there is a process to walk through. I know sometimes for many of us, we're haphazard. We're like, I don't know, sleepless nights, how do I make a decision? I really believe that there are biblical steps that we can walk through that help us discern in any given moment, God, how are you leading me? What are you saying? What is the calling on my life? Like, what are you saying about this situation? And I want to walk us through them this morning. The first thing I want to say is that this is not linear. This is not like step one, step two, checking them off, and then you get to the end of a week and you're like, I'm ready, God, give me my whole entire calling. Like, that's not how it works. What I'm gonna share with you this morning are six elements that are often cyclical. Like, we kind of go round and around and we visit things and we think, gosh, I've been doing this for such a long time. And then we might feel like we're going backwards. And I wanna encourage you this morning that wherever you find yourself on your journey, you're not there alone, that Jesus is with you and he's forming you. And that's the beauty of discernment, is that as we are formed through the practices, we become more discerning. And as we engage in discernment, we become more like Jesus. And this is this beautiful work of the Holy Spirit in our life, transforming us 
and making us like him. So number one, this morning, as you're entering into a process of discernment is identify what are you even trying to discern? What question are you trying to answer? For my husband and I on this journey, it was like, do we buy a house in San Francisco in a totally different neighborhood? And do we move away from community? Like, God, is this what you have for us? And is this what you have for us right now? That was the question that we had. Your question may be very different but it's probably something significant. Go ahead and write that down in your notes or in your journal. That's your first step. Get real clear on what it is you're asking God about. Number two, surrender your plans. This is always a fun one. I woke up on January 1st at one in the morning and I was preaching. This is something weird that happens to me sometimes. I'll be preaching in a dream and I'll wake up and I'm actually saying it in real life. And so I woke up and I was preaching a sermon about Abraham and Isaac and God said to me, Ruthie, you're entering into an Isaac season. And I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) And so I got out my Bible that it's day and I pressed in and I was like, God, what are you saying? And God said, it's time to lay some things down. It's time time to put some things to death. Friends, that's not the word you want on January 1st. I'm just going to be honest, right? Like on January 1st, we want an abundance word. We want a blessing word. We don't want to, hey, lay that thing down. But I'm like, okay, here I am. What, are, what sin in my life do I need to lay down? What thing do I need to, you know, has become an idol? And what God began to say to me is, this, oh, no, no, no. It's all the good things. It's the dreams. It's the plans. It's the strategies. It's the things that are really good in your life. But I want to see if you'll trust me with them. Just like I asked Abraham to give me his son, will you give me those things? And then COVID hit and lockdown and all of the plans just kind of went out the window, didn't they? All of the speaking things canceled. All of the alone time canceled. (laughs) I've got two kids and, you know, now I'm doing that thing. And I know many of you are (laughs) and everything just changed. And I grieved and I was in pain. I was like, God, like, this is hard. Like many of us were like just plans. Oh my gosh. Trips, international trips, just gone. Like just things I'd been waiting on. I'm like, okay, Jesus, like, I guess I'll give it to you. And I had to enter into this process of surrender of laying those things down. Friends, I wanna say that it is hard to discern God's direction for our life when we are clinging so tightly to our own. When we have our own plans and our own timeline, how can we possibly hear the nudging of the Holy Spirit saying, this way, no, 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 this way. Like this is the way, no, this way. How can we hear that when we're so committed to this? And so very often, when we find ourselves in the midst of making a decision and entering into intentional discernment, there's a really intense season of God just kind of asking us to open our hands and say, will you lay that thing down? Will you trust that what I have for you is better? I remember right before Easter, I was still in the process of laying things down. Guys, that's like four months later. That's how long it took for me to really let go of some of these things. And I remember it was Good Friday. And I remember the Lord said to me, I want you to put those things down like you'll never get them again. And then believe me to resurrect them. 
oh my gosh. It wasn't just like, here you go, Jesus, but I know you'll secretly give them back to me. It was like, put that thing down and let me see if it'll rise again. And that was the process that I went through. Even with our house journey, it was like God had stirred this vision and this hope and this dream. And it was like, would you even give that back to me? God is going after the deep places in our life. And as we surrender those things, we are formed to be like Jesus, to trust God with the deep things of our life. Number three, gather the information. Some of us are so good at this. We love to Google, we love to research. Um, when we were in looking for our, our house and going into that whole thing, we were, we're deep into this, right? Like what neighborhoods could we live in? How far is that from our kids' school? How much money do we have? How much is that for sale for? Oh my gosh, like running all of the numbers, right? Doing all of the research. And that is so important to do because you know what? God gave us our brain and he gave us our intellect and he wants us to engage it. But I also wanna suggest this, that he wants us to partner our intellect with the Holy Spirit. Because you know what sometimes happens is we do all the information, right? We get all the information and it's ready, take action. And then we're like, nah, I need a little more information. And we go right back to doing this and we do it again and again, and we just get stuck in the information gathering and we never take that step of action or that step of faith. And we begin to think the information might be a little more reliable than what the Holy Spirit is saying. This is an easy one to fall into when you're looking at housing in San Francisco. I remember looking at the history of how much things in this neighborhood sold for for the last five years and doing just detailed, a deep dive into trying to understand all the numbers. And finally, the Holy Spirit was just like, what's more real, me or the real estate market? Will you trust me when I say move forward? Or are you gonna get stuck in this information? You know, so often we get stuck in our pros and cons and our Excel sheet and all of the things that we can see. But you know what? God is not fixated on the same things that we are. In 1 Samuel, you have the story where God sends the prophet Samuel to go anoint a new king. And he goes to Jesse and he looks at all of his sons and he's like, oh, I know which one it is. I know which one it is. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Friends, I wanna, I wanna say to you this morning that the enemy wants your attention on what you can see, on what seems real, on what seems hopeless, on what seems logical. But we as followers of Jesus, we are called to partner our intellect with the Holy Spirit and say, here's all the information, but God, what are you saying? And let me tell you from experience just this summer that sometimes God asks us to look at the information and say, I see it, but I'm going this way because this is what God has said. Throughout our whole journey of looking for a home in San Francisco, we were looking at the numbers and we're like, this doesn't seem possible. I mean, this literally isn't possible. And God keeps, uh, kept saying to us, bigger, more, 
don't compromise, bigger. Like I'm looking, I feel like we could afford a closet, you know, like no bigger. And I'm just like having this war in my mind. And this is what happens in discernment. We have to choose. Will we put our mind on what we can see or do we put our mind on the spirit of God? And church, I wanna say that a transformed person puts their mind on the spirit of God. We become attuned to what God's saying. We get above the noise of the city. You might think it's not possible because you can't afford it. You might think it's not possible because you're too old. You might think it's not possible because no one's ever done that here, or that's not how people do it, or everyone said it was gonna fail. But what is God saying? How is God moving in your life? Where is the activity of God? Follow that, follow His voice. Just this week, I was just praying and I I just heard the Lord say some things to me. And at the very end, I heard this, that we are in a season that we have never been in before. And therefore we need to expect God to move in ways we have never seen before. This is like nothing we've ever walked through but we must allow that to spur us to believe that God is gonna do something that we've never seen before. Listen, when the Israelites faced the Red Sea, they'd never seen it parted before. When David went up against Goliath, they'd never seen a little kid take a giant down before. When they came up on the city of of Jericho and they were like, how are the walls gonna come down? It wasn't like someone was like, oh yeah, well, this is one time I saw it. They'd never been there before, but look what God did time and time again in scripture. God does the unexpected. God goes beyond what's logical. God goes beyond what we can see. Friends, I wanna encourage you, don't get stuck in the information. Hear the voice of God. Pay attention to those little things that just feel like, could it be? Maybe, I wish I had a dollar for every time I said to my husband in this process, are we crazy? Are we hearing God? Have we lost our minds? That's a pretty normal thing to feel when you're in discernment and you're following the spirit. Trust that God is moving you into bigger and more. Trust his voice. Number four, I wanna encourage you to take it to prayer. So you've got your information and you've entered into this surrender and you know what you're asking God about. Take it to prayer because prayer postures us in a place of trust and surrender. But one thing I wanna say here is that when you're discerning God's will, it's so important to draw in your community. It's so important to look at your own discernment and say, I need to partner with somebody else's discernment. I need somebody's voice in my life. I need to open this up for input. Now, before you all get crazy and post on social media, what should I do with my life? Let me bring some clarification. Who do you have in your life that is discerning, trustworthy, godly, who is thinking about things intentionally, who is being transformed to be like Jesus. Those are the voices that we want in our life. Proverbs 15, 22 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, 
they succeed. We need godly advisors in our life. When my husband and I decided to embark on this crazy journey this summer, we reached out to a few friends that we had, couples, singles, people that have been journeying with us for months or even years, and we said, this is what we're thinking of doing. What do you guys think? Would you pray? Would you join us? Would you jump on Zoom with us and hear every single crazy detail and tell us are we losing our minds? Like we just opened ourselves up for that kind of input. And that is a vulnerable place to step into. It demands a release of control. It invites us into humility to say, maybe I don't see the full picture by myself. Maybe I need community. Maybe I need my brothers and sisters in Christ to help me discern. But be careful if you decide to go in this direction. Because sometimes someone might come along and say, I don't have a piece about that. I'm concerned about that. Can we pray some more about it? And what you do in that moment really matters because so often we're tempted to go, Shh, I'm not asking that person again. They don't agree with me. The whole purpose of drawing community into our life is not so they can just agree with everything we say, but that they can join their discernment with our discernment and we can kind of figure out what are you saying, God? So I want to caution you and encourage you. Community can be so life-giving, but don't shut it out when it says something opposite. Take it back to prayer. Go back to that person and say, hey, you didn't have a peace. Could I ask Why? Can we pray about this together? I really believe that there are parts of our life and our destiny and our calling that are only accessed and unlocked in community. There are parts of us that we just can't even grab a hold of. We can't see without the voices of others in our life because we are made for relationship. We're made for community. Who are your people? Who are the people that speak into your life regularly? Not just when you've got a major decision, but they ask about your prayer life and they ask about your relationships and your kids and what your plans are and how you're doing. Who are those people that have been journeying with you? Those are the people that you want to draw in to speak into your life. Number five, pay attention. Pay attention. How does God speak to you, I wonder? If you open up the Bible and you read from Genesis to Revelation, it is a story about a communicator. God is a communicator. In fact, he's an over-communicator. He is constantly seeking out connection and intimacy. Gosh, if you read through the Bible with a lens of just looking through, where is God speaking? How is he communicating? You would find so many examples. The diversity of how God speaks is incredible. And we need to pay attention deliberately, not just at church on Sundays, not just in our quiet times, because guess what? God is actively at work in our lives 24-7. Some of the most powerful encounters I've had with God, no lie, have been in the Target parking lot, have been at the nail salon, have been changing my kids' diapers or sitting up in the middle of the night with a crying baby. God has come into those moments and I have sensed his presence because I've cultivated a lifestyle of discernment. I wonder how God speaks to you. I wanna suggest 
this morning, Epic Church, that God wants to expand your capacity to hear his voice. Well, God always speaks to me through scripture. That's great, but he's way more creative than that. Well, God always speaks to me through a piece. That's awesome, but he's way more dynamic and he wants to do something new because he's always doing that. Don't limit yourself to hearing God how you've always heard him. Don't only pay attention to this one area. Well, I never have dreams and visions. Have you asked for them? Well, God never speaks to me that way, but what if he wants to? I really believe that God is doing a new thing in this season and it's not gonna look like the old thing. And actually he said to me this week, Ruthie, the new thing I'm doing, if the new thing that you think it is just looks like the old thing, kind of revamped, that's not my new thing. My new thing is so different, it's gonna surprise you. I wanna encourage you, I wanna exhort you, Epic Church, that God wants to increase your capacity to see his work, to hear his voice in all aspects of your life, not just in one area, not just in one moment. God is actively working 24 seven. We've all sung the song, Waymaker, even when I can't see it, even when I can't feel it, you know that one? It's actually true. It's, I mean, we sing it, right? But it's actually true. God is at work. Can you discern it? Are you aware of it? What if you could be more aware of it? What if God just wants to take you up just a little bit this year in 2020? It's been a rough year, but what if this is the year where your capacity to hear God's voice blows up? What if this is your year to grow into sermon and to begin to see the fingerprints of God all over your life. Pay attention. Priscilla Shire says that persistent internal inklings matched by external confirmation is often the way that God directs believers into his will. Don't ignore those little nudges. Pay attention to your body, to your memories, to your thoughts, to the things that you read or the things that you see on TV or the podcast or what you read in scripture, just begin to pay attention. I think you'll be surprised at how God wants to speak to you. And number six, partner with faith. Partner with faith. I don't know if there's ever been a time that I have been 100% sure at this point in the discernment process where I'm like, I know without a doubt, there's always a gap between what I'm feeling and what I'm like sure of. It's kind of like, okay, I, I know this for sure. And I feel like God's saying, jump over there. And there's always a gap and that's faith. That's where we have to enter into a lifestyle of faith and say, God, I'm gonna step into this. I've done the prayer, I've got the information, I've surrendered as best as I can, I've drawn in my community, but right now I have to make a decision. And there's a place to step out in faith. My husband and I tried to buy a house um, in a totally different neighborhood to where we are now, and I loved it, I loved it so much. And you know, it was that kind of house you come out and you're like, oh my gosh, I could live here forever. And we went into that whole process of trying to buy a house and we just didn't get it. And we missed out by the smallest margin. And we had taken that step of faith because we'd done all this work, we'd done the process. And at that point we said, okay, God, now it's in your hands. We're just gonna push on this door and the door slammed shut. And in that moment, 
It was really frustrating. It was really hard because it was an invitation again to say, okay, do I really trust God when it feels like that good thing just sailed away? I took that step of faith. We'd done all the things and God, it was a closed door. Do I still trust you? Am I willing to wait on your timing? So often when we get to this place of faith, there is a waiting that happens and it's long sometimes. And there are all these temptations in the waiting. I mean, let's just be real. Like every day this summer, we'd get up and try and look for a place and it didn't work out. And then we pushed on a door and slammed in our face and there's this waiting in faith. And in that moment, fear comes in and says, it's never gonna happen for you. And control comes in and says, you should just take it for yourself. Do what you think is best. Do this other thing. Don't wait on God. Resignation sets in. So many times I said to my husband, this is too hard. This believing God for something big that we can't even see. And I can't imagine how it's gonna happen. I give up, I don't wanna do it. All of these things begin to crowd in. Some of you are in that moment right now. You're waiting on God. You're trying to stay in faith and you're feeling all this opposition come at you. That is the life of faith. Epic Church, I wanna encourage you, do not move. Do not give up. Don't give into fear. Don't give into resignation. Don't grab control. Wait on the word of God for your life because God has said it, then he will do it. A few weeks later, the house that I'm now living in came about and so much better. And I toured it and I thought, no way, no way. It's not gonna happen. We can't afford it. And friends, now we're living in a miracle because the owners sold it for, to us for under asking price. That doesn't happen in San Francisco. I don't know about you, but I don't know anyone that that's happened to. This is kind of unknown, surprising. But in this process of waiting on God, even when the doors shut, we got to be part of a miracle. But more than that, we got to be formed to be like Jesus to trust him, to wait on him, to say no to fear and control and all of these things, and just to wait and be formed, be transformed. This is the beauty of discernment. As we engage in, spir in spiritual practices, we're transformed, we become discerning. But gosh, in the discernment process, we're even more deeply formed. We become aware of God working in our life and he's always doing good things. I wanna challenge you as I close this morning. How is God at work in your life? How are you cultivating your ability to hear his voice? Where do you see him calling you into a life of faith? Where do you feel yourself holding back, resistant? Where are you gathering all the information and, and have your eyes set on what's logical? Where may God be inviting you into this morning to put your eyes on him, to trust him? I believe he's a good shepherd. I believe that he leads us. But church, let's cultivate a lifestyle of growing in awareness of hearing his voice. Let's hold those big decisions before him and say, God, how are you speaking to me? Where are you showing up? 
I want to close our time in prayer this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are a good shepherd. I thank you that you guide our lives. Lord, I know that there are some people that are watching right now and they're actually in the midst of some big decisions that feel overwhelming. And they're thinking, oh my gosh, I haven't cultivated the lifestyle. I'm never gonna hear God's voice. Lord, I pray that you would come with grace and peace. You are so gracious, God. You speak. You enter in. You make yourself known. I thank you, God, that you are more capable of leading us than we are of getting lost. Thank God that as sheep, when we wander off the mountainside, you're that shepherd that sees us and says, I got you. I got you. It's okay. You're mine. You belong to me. It's my responsibility to lead you. Father, I pray that you would come and that you would ease anxiety. Some people are facing big decisions. They're weighty decisions. They're financial decisions. They're relational decisions. They're decisions that affect their kids and their family and their friends. They're facing decisions that are gonna change the course of their life. God, I speak peace. Lord, would you raise our awareness of your activity in our lives? Holy Spirit, make us sensitive to you. God, there are some people watching who they don't know really what it's like to hear your voice. They've heard that that some people experience that, but maybe they've thought it's not for them. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open eyes and ears to hear from you Lord, it says in your word that we're your kids. In John 10, it says that we can hear your voice. We're your sheep. You call us by name. God, I pray that every single person hearing my voice right now would have an encounter with you. Open their capacity. Increase their capacity. I pray for dreams and visions. I pray for circumstances. I pray for divine intervention. I pray for miracles, God. There are some watching this that are like, I need a miracle like that. Just like your house, I need God to show up and do something massive. God, I thank you that you have something good for each one of us. You have no favorites. And you're working behind the scenes of our life. Lord, may we be a people of discernment transformed by you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the EpicSF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco. 